Blog Talk Radio. Glamour, fear less. Diabetes late night. Welcome you to Diabetes Late Night. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your overheated host, Mr. Divabetic. Woo! It looks like spring is finally here, and my heater is going berserk. So uh, stay tuned as I get a little crunchy on the radio tonight with my guests. But I'm here to help empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration from the one and only Carrie Underwood. This woman has sold 64 million records globally, and her net worth is estimated by Forbes magazine to be over $110 million, making her the biggest American idol earner of all time. Yes, Kelly Clarkson and Clay Aikens and um, Fantasia. What are you thinking now? Well, I know Kelly Clarkson's got a new album out, but tonight we're going to be spotlighting the greatest hits of Carrie Underwood, compliments of Sony Music for the next hour, in between some really amazing discussion about faith and diabetes. And that's because Carrie Underwood um, is is inspiring us to talk about keeping your faith with diabetes, um, simply because she's come under a lot of scrutiny with her and her husband about being so openly Christian. A lot of the fans have an issue with it, but she's actually celebrating right now. She gave birth to her first child, Isaiah, two weeks ago, so we're very happy for her. And she thinks uh, her faith has played a big role in her success. And we're so proud to play her music tonight. I think she has a remarkable voice, and I loved her in The Sound of Music. Now, when we talk about religion, a lot of people get nervous. The age-old phrase is that conversations about religion and politics should be avoided because it could cause conflict. I don't know about that. Tonight I feel like having faith and keeping the faith in your well-being can play an important role in your overall diabetes wellness, which is why I wanted to take a look at how faith spirituality, religion, can help you with your health. And that's why we're talking about it on Diabetes Late Night. I personally have been accused of having a lot of blind faith, especially when it comes to Divabetic. Ten years ago when I started Divabetic, and you can visit our website, divabetic.org, I could tell you honestly I didn't know what I was doing. I had had a career in show business when I decided to give it all up and pursue diabetes outreach. And, you know, at the time, I will say, as much as I was uncertain of what was ahead of me, I felt very comfortable in my decision and was looking forward to that journey. Now, I was raised Roman Catholic. I have an Italian grandmother, and her sister, my Aunt Rosie, had these lovely statues of the baby Jesus, Mary, and several saints in their homes. And today, I could tell you honestly, I'm not religious. I spend most of my Sundays religiously going to the gym and taking a total body conditioning class rather than going to church. And apparently, I'm not alone because I did some research, and um, the percentage of Americans who say they seldom or never attend religious services, aside from weddings and funerals, has risen dramatically in the past decade. Roughly one-third of U.S. adults now say they seldom or never attend worship services, according to the data from Pew Research Center surveys. Most people say they don't go to church because of personal priorities, work conflicts, health problems, or transportation issues. But did you know that research now shows that people who pay attention to their spiritual well-being are in general healthier? 
Recent studies show that when people suffer from a diabetes health-related complications, their belief comforts them, helps them to be more optimistic, and improves their chances of achieving their overall health goals. Because of this research and because of this belief, they've shown that patients recover from surgery faster, their sense of hope and optimism is better, and they have less depression experience less anxiety and fear. So taking care of your spiritual health is an important part of your overall health. Tonight, talking subject are the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, poet Lorraine Brooke, Mama Rosemary, and our real-life diva from New York, Carrie. But before we get things started, take a minute to donate to DivaBetic at DivaBetic.org, your tax tax-deductible contribution is greatly appreciated. Stay tuned for some spoken word inspiration on Diabetes Late Night. But first, let's hear another song from Carrie Underwood that earned her the top-selling country single of the year and the top-selling Hot 100 song of the year honors at the Billboard Music Awards in 2006. Let's take a listen. everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek. It's time to meet my first guest. She's a poet, a TV host. Let's welcome Lorraine Brooks. Ooh, Hi, Max. Yeah. Hello, Lorraine. Hello to you, too. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. <laughs> uh, How you are know, you? We're talking about faith and diabetes tonight. I'm curious to know... Um, You've talked so openly about your diabetes on past podcasts. Uh, we've never really talked about your spiritual or religious background. Can you tell everyone a little bit about that? Well, um, yeah, I, I was raised um, in a Christian family. We were, my parents were Episcopalians, which is um, kind of like uh, Catholic with a small C. And um, we, you know, we, uh, my family was was very church going, and uh, I was in the choir and uh, uh, did all the uh, church related things when I was younger. Now, as an adult, I, I lean, I'm leaning away from Christianity somewhat, but um, I, I, I do have a foundation. You know, I have a spiritual foundation, and I do find, as you say that it, it does help me get through, you know, the hard times and times when I'm wondering and questioning why things are happening the way they are. And it's good to have a, a spiritual background because it, it, I think it helps you to uh, make sense out of the world when things happen that don't seem to make sense to us. Well, you know, we often talk about those unexpected low and high blood sugars that happen even under the best care routine. So I would assume that in a moment, like when you think you have everything planned out and you all of a sudden check your meter and you're either really low or really high, that you have to have a little faith that you're not only going to get through the situation at hand, but that there's something larger going on and that you could, you know, help you manage your way, continue on your journey living the best diabetes life you can. Well, I think that's true. I mean, I think that no matter what you do, sometimes you're going to get those very low lows or very high highs in spite of, you know, like you say, planning ahead and thinking that you're doing all the right things and, in fact, doing the right things. Um, and you can still experience unexpected, um, you know, situations. And so, yeah, I think you have to have faith that, that you did the right thing and that you know what to do if anything else happens that you need to pay attention to, that you'll have the strength and the and the focus to be able to do what you have to do. And a lot of times that's exactly what faith is. You know, it's it's, it's just believing that you'll be able to get it done no matter what. Absolutely. Is there anything you read specifically for inspiration? It's funny that you should ask that, Max, because I'm reading a book right now. Uh, the name of the book is Jesus, and it's by Deepak Chopra, of all people. And um, 
you know, he he has a whole different take on it because, of course, he he doesn't come from a Christian background, and so he has a whole t- a different take on the life of Jesus. And I'm really finding it fascinating because it's a uh, a little bit of history, a little bit of spirituality, a little bit of religion, and it makes you think about the way things are and the, and the why they are the way they are. So I'm I'm enjoying it. It's a good book. I would recommend it. It's called Jesus, but we'll have to put it. Tell us again who it's by. Deepak Chopra. I love it. Well, you know, we do a lot of faith-based outreach. I'm anxious to talk to Neva White and Patricia Addy-Gentle later on the show about uh, how much diabetes outreach is going on in the faith-based communities and how important it is to kind of um, use the churches, work with the churches along with the American Diabetes Association and great hospitals like Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia to really kind of rally the community together and give people the information they need. And, you know, it's always trying to reach people in different places. And certainly the church has now become, for many people, as much as I just stated, the research is showing that people aren't going to churches often. For a lot of other people, I think they actually are finding more of their they're just getting more passion for their lives through the church. They have some, there's so many ministries today. They have women's ministries, health and wellness ministries. I mean, just for all facets of your life, not just your religious life, but just helping you through your home life, your relationship. And I think a lot of people are turning to that more and more. So I think that's really a great trend that we're seeing. I do too. And I I just want to say, I, I don't know where I've been for the last few days, but I just realized today that Cardinal Egan died. So I just want to say rest in peace to him. And um, I think you're absolutely right that um, you know it's 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 spirituality, it's ministry, it's it's talking about uh, the things about real life that we all experience that really help us in knowing that there are other people that are experiencing the same thing. So um, we're just starting a prayer circle on my job, as a matter of fact, because there are a lot of people who feel like they need support of other people around them, and I think it's a great idea. I do too. I think that's wonderful. All right, I want to. Switch subjects from the divine back to the diva. You know, I got a lot of emails from Facebook telling me that Carrie Underwood is not living with diabetes. We know that. But, you know, sometimes it's a reach with who we do as our diva inspiration, Lorraine, as you know. But in this instance, I hope everyone's listening. Carrie Underwood just launched her own brand of fitness apparel. Um, and it's through the Dick Sporting Group um, stores, and it's going to be a fitness line that she said is fashionable and understated workout clothes that you could wear anywhere. She said that you know she wants to seamlessly take you from workout to errands to rehearsals and beyond. We don't we we do talk about fitness. We don't talk about it that much. I'm just curious, like Lorraine, because I know the weather is getting better. You love to bike. You said I've, you've mentioned before on the show that biking is one of your big exercise routines how do you manage exercise and diabetes um <laughs> probably not as well as i should um i in the in the in the good weather i have a, a a real bicycle a moving bicycle that i ride outside and in the bad weather i have a stationary bicycle that's right here in my bedroom and uh, and i try to um i try to do at least 20 minutes a night on the stationary bike and in the nice weather, I'll do. Uh, uh, I live in a in a cul-de-sac. It's a circle, so if I do twice around the circle, that's three miles, and uh, it takes me about maybe 20 minutes to do that. So, uh, you know, I know I could do more. That's that's what I do. That's what I've been comfortable doing. I'm trying to add a couple of other things, a little bit more you know, sort of uh, weight training and things like that. But um, I think it's a great idea. I think, I, you know, for me, it, 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 it's kind of a saving grace. I think uh, it keeps me in better shape than I would be if I didn't do it. And, um, you know, I'm still pretty good. Thank goodness I've had I've had diabetes over 30 years, and I, and I don't have any complications at this point. So I think I owe a lot of that to the fact that I, I have tried to keep up with, with an exercise routine over the years. And, um, uh, you know, I think it helps me a lot. I know, it, I know it helps me a lot. I would highly recommend it as well to anybody else, you know, to do what you can. Don't try and to I overdo it or do something can't do. It. I, but, mean, I think ditch the gray sweats, add something colorful. I mean, why not check out Carrie Underwood's um, new brand of, action wear and feel like an American idol while you're on the treadmill or on the Stairmaster. Well, if she has anything in purple, I'm there. I'm doing my morning workout. So, all right. Now, Lorraine, I know you probably have a wonderful poem for us tonight. I'm dying to hear a little bit about it. Max, thank you. Um, the, the name of my poem is Come All Ye Faithful. 
What do you believe it is that made you who you are? And who's in charge of all the things we see on earth and far? And what is it that governs us, the hours of our lives? And who decides who perishes and which of us survives? Often we believe and care for things we cannot see, sending up our thoughts to one who's more than you and me. Sometimes it's as simple as the presence of a friend, not needing to say anything because they comprehend. Maybe it's just knowing we'll be given what we need, knowing that we'll have the strength with which we can proceed. Sometimes I compare us to the lilies of the field who do not toil nor worry over what will be revealed. They do not wonder what will be or where the wind will blow. And sometimes we are just like that, trusting what we know. It doesn't matter if you are a Gentile or a Jew. In fact, a Buddhist once told me about the things she knew. That faith is only faith when we are hanging by a thread and when we muster all we have to face the things we dread. For eyes that see and ears that hear are only a small part of what a human understands and feels inside his heart. The rest we often can't explain and some things we accept. We do not need to see or hear or change or intercept. Faithful words and faithful deeds until your final hour, keeping all the faith until you meet your higher power. Well done, Lorraine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Max. You know, um, if you're listening and you want to get a copy of Lorraine's poem, all you have to do is check out the DivaBetic blog later this week at DivaBetic.org, or you could read about it in our e-newsletter that comes out this coming Thursday. We'll have uh, your, it spotlights your poems. Lorraine, you do such an amazing job every month. If people want to read all your poems, they could go to DivaBetic.org into the reading room. Thank you, Max. And while I listen to the rest of the show, I'm going to get on my bike. <laughs> Wear something colorful. Inspiration. You know what? You got it. Um, uh, Lorraine, you're gonna love this. She co-wrote. She co-writes a lot of her songs, especially some of them on the Greatest Hits album. This song coming up is a warning from a good girl to her ex-boyfriend, saying that he's actually no good and that she's better off without him. Let's take a listen. I love that song. You're listening to Diabetes Late Night. That's our special diva inspiration, Carrie Underwood. And she's singing about good girls, which I take as angels. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Beck, and it's time to meet the three loveliest diabetes educators from around the country who I fondly refer to as the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Please welcome Dr. Beverly Adler from New York. Hi, Dr. Bev. Hey, Max. How are you? Welcome to the show. And Patricia Addy Gentle from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Max. How are you? Good. And please welcome Neva White from Philadelphia, PA. Hey, Max. How are you? I'm great, Neva. I, I heard uh, there's a Diva Better Club meeting coming up very soon in, in March for our Divas. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, we are so excited. We are actually going to have a cooking demonstration. One of our premier chefs at Jefferson, he is going to uh, – create for us a uh, healthy meal that's very simple and very easy, and we're also going to have a Ask the Dietitian session as well. Ooh, that sounds great. People could register for free by calling 1-800-JEFF-NOW. Yes. And if I can, Max, can I put a plug in now for our tea? Absolutely. Okay, we are having, May 30th, we're having Mother, Daughters, Sisters, and Friends. It's our Divabetic Tea. This is our first one. People are very excited, and they've started to register already. And 
Tell them about who our special guest is going to be, Max. We're going to have, back by popular demand, Catherine Schuler from, uh, she's the founder of Runway the Real Way, and our beauty expert, Yagu Jones, who blogs for us every week about uh, diva inspirations on makeup and how you could apply them to your everyday life. She'll be sharing her Yagalicious cosmetic tips as well as giving out free samples, so you don't want to miss that. That's coming up in May. Yes, you know, there's a lot of milestones going around, Neva, and, you know, one of our angels is celebrating a, a milestone. Dr. Bev, 40 years ago, what happened? On March 14th, 1975, I took my first shot of insulin. So I am now, this weekend, celebrating my 40-year diversary. Of living and, well uh, with diabetes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, and what did your eye time. doctor say? Uh, yes, I went to the ophthalmologist, and uh, I had an exam, and, of course, it was a dilated eye exam. He looked deeply into my eyes, and he told me that they were remarkable for 40 years living with diabetes. Congratulations. That's great news and great inspiration. And, Dr. Bev, you're going to be blogging for us on the Divabetic blog. People can find out more about you at AskDrBev.com. Patricia Addy Gentle, tonight we're talking about keeping the faith in diabetes. I know you have a history of religion in your background. Your father was in, is involved in the church, correct? That's right, Max. My father was a Baptist minister, and I grew up with faith as my basic foundation. I don't really know any other lifestyle but a lifestyle of spirituality. And so from its earliest beginnings, um, that has been something that I have leaned um, heavily towards. So no matter what the situation, no matter what happens in my life, I always find that as the basic uh, rock that I can always hold near and dear to me and knowing that there is absolutely nothing that I cannot, uh, will not be able to overcome. Do you feel that re that religious background has helped you when you first started uh, as a registered nurse and then went on to become a certified diabetes educator? Oh, yes, indeed. Um, a lot of people may not understand this, but early in my nursing career, even when, well, let's just say early in my childhood, I watched my father and I accompanied him many times when he would visit uh, members of congregation who were ill uh, who were going, uh, transitioning from life to death. Um, as a child, I was wise enough to be observant and to hold some of these things that, um, you know, with a better understanding I might have had I not experienced them so uh, closely. But um, early on in my nursing career, my father did a prayer with me, and he um, blessed my career. And he asked that I would be able to be um, use my nursing as a ministry for those who were in need or who were looking and searching for a foundation of hope. And I feel that a lot of the motivational speaking and inspiration that I have been able to do in such a confident way without even thinking about what I'm doing comes from that foundation. I love it. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. All right, tonight we're, our diva inspiration is Carrie Underwood, and she's inspiring us to look at keeping our faith when we have diabetes. Uh, listeners, I came across a, uh, an article called Emotional Unhealthy Spirituality from the Care and Support website, which I want to review tonight with the angels. Dr. Bev, you know, we're doing our ongoing, uh, talking about the different emotions. One of the emotions we talk a lot about, or we wanted to focus on tonight, was anger. In this article specifically, they're kind of mentioning that a lot of people with a religious background tend to choose to um, avoid anger, sadness, and worry because they consider them to be sins. I don't know if that's true or false, but it's kind of interesting that people don't often feel they have permission to admit their feelings or express them openly. What do you think about that, and how would you advise someone to start um, maybe be more proactive about coping with some of these feelings? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I must say I beg to differ from their view. doesn't mean that I'm right. doesn't mean that they're wrong. But um, 
anger and those negative emotions that they talk about are um, normal, are normal. And I personally do not feel that they are a sin. Um, I'm going to say that um, they result, our emotions result as a um, response to an event. And so I'm going to say it to in order to change those feelings of anger or those negative feelings you have to look at the event and then with the understanding that if you change the way you think about the event you can change the way you feel and um so i do not feel that anger is a sin but if they do i think they they can be taught how to look at the event, whatever it is that's making them angry, and to um, take that uh, negative bias away, make it more objective, looking at the event. And if they wish, they can look at the event as being part of God's lessons. And, All right, um, well, I want to ask you then, like, let's just take being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. A lot of people I know are angry about that diagnosis. They get upset about it. So how do you apply that to that, what you're saying right to that, the idea of how you look at it? Okay, so I would, I would first say it's an event that occurs. And so, yes, you can feel angry, but anger does not – it's not going to make your diabetes any better. <clears throat> it potentially could make it worse if you are um, getting so upset that, you know, it does affect your blood sugars. But, um, again, changing the way you think when you're diagnosed. So one could try to accept being diagnosed rather than being angry and just say it is what it is and try to change that negative thinking to something more positive, okay? And um, I I also will say that it it is a common uh, reaction, anger, to being diagnosed with diabetes, but um, some people are able to take that that negative energy and apply it toward something that becomes more positive. Okay, so some of that negative energy uh, you can, people have started, uh, you know, um, diabetes-focused websites based on their anger, okay, that uh, they want to share rather than uh hide and uh and then there are other people who can feel safe and can also feel that they're not alone with their reaction so there's a lot of things you can do with the anger but you don't have to look at it as a sin and you don't have to look at it that it's uh that it's a bad thing okay great all right neva the article also suggests that a lot of religious people don't take appropriate care of themselves. They're frantic, exhausted, overloaded, and hurried. Many believe that taking care of themselves or making themselves a priority is a sin. What do you want to say about that? Well, Max, uh, for years I actually worked as a congregational nurse or a parish nurse, and I actually worked in a church and I would, you know, do nursing care in the church with individuals. And what I found is that sometimes people struggle with dual responsibility and religion. I think that it's very easy for us to create a higher power that is at our disposal and is there to answer every um, request that we have and sort of act like our secretary, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think there is a dual responsibility in in what we do as spiritual individuals because after all we are a, you know we have a mind we have a body and we have a spirit and i think that oftentimes people don't want to get into their behavioral responsibilities in their relationship with their higher power so our bodies are a dwelling place for our higher power and i always tell people well you don't want would you want to live in a condemned building <laughs> 
So, you know, people really have to think about the dual responsibility of their behavior. I think that it's very easy for us to, you know, to have faith and to say, you know, I'm praying for my healing, but then what are your actions saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you see this behavior changing as diabetes specifically seems to be getting more awareness, more people are actually talking about it. You know, in the last 10 years of diabetic, it seems like I, you know, Dr. Bev mentioned all the people on the Internet talking about it, but it just seems in general people are being a little bit more outspoken about their diabetes. Do you see that changing at all in the church as well? Well, I think in the work that we do, because we do a lot of programs in the church, and one of the things I I see when I'm working with congregations, I use my spirituality as a nursing intervention. So I use things like prayer and talking about, you know, scripture and talking about your relationship with, and most of the churches I work with are Christian, so your relationship with God. However, I think when we do divabetic and we do our club, because we're coming from different um, religious beliefs and, you know, I think that what has really helped us is our ability to be transparent and our ability to just kind of put it all out there and to let people know that we all are feeling these ways and we all have the same experiences. And I think more that people are able to reveal their truth, that there becomes a healing in in uncovering that truth and understanding that we're all struggling with something. You're not alone. I mean, it was really dynamic what we did when we were talking about sexuality. And I think sexuality is just about as spiritual as you can get. <laughs> you know, people kind of, you know, putting their truth on the line, that mm-hmm. we're humans, we have feelings, and, you know, we all want to be happy. So it's it's being transparent and it's, it's dealing with your truth. Well, it's true. And, you know, Patricia, you just admitted to having this huge history of a religious background, and there you were at our Divabetic Makeover, your events, running the Love and Intimacy Station called the uh, Tunnel of Love. At our meeting that Neva just mentioned, we had a man probably in his late 40s, early 50s, who had a lot of visible anger around how I would assume his body has affected his sexuality and his sexual ability more than his sexuality excuse me and i'm just curious like how did those things go together for you because you know with such a religious background was it is it was it difficult for you to talk about the sexual component of living with diabetes or how do you think those work together sometimes i could silence people like barbara walters people tonight patricia Yes. Were you um, quiet for a reason, or were you were you contemplating I, your thoughts? Um, I I was talking. I'm sorry you couldn't hear me. <laughs> but, oh, everyone was so thrilled that I asked such a poignant question that <laughs> I think our listeners are just on the edge of their seats right now. All right, but no, not at all. I was it was not a problem for me to talk about that particular. Um, conversation because I look at the body, I look at the holistic approach to nursing, to healing, and to treatment. And so you cannot treat one part of the body and exclude the other. So when it comes to sexuality, no matter how religious or how non-religious you are, that is human nature for everyone. And so that's a part that we have to talk about and address. As a matter of fact, Um, it was the kind of thing that I was really open about because for so many um, years, I guess, we have looked at that subject as being taboo. You know, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to be candid about their innermost feelings. But it's something that being truly religious or being truly spiritual and being honest with oneself it needs to be brought to the forefront. So I thought that was a way to even encourage more uh, openness and more being upfront in a way that you can open conversations for anything else. I absolutely agree with you. All right, Dr. Bev, I want to wrap this up. You know, we're, we're, we are talking about the emotions this year. One of the biggest ones is depression. Obviously, spirituality, religion, faith can help someone who – you we mentioned earlier is a little angry it might be it, it seems to me 
without looking at the research and the studies, that it could be a big play a big role of comfort and connection for someone dealing with depression. It might not solve the depression, but I'm certainly sure that something around faith, having faith could help you through some of those difficult times if you're feeling disappointed, upset, or depressed about a diagnosis. I, you know what, I, I do believe in the, you know, spirituality and it um, can make someone feel more hopeful. I think that um, having the fellowship or, uh, you know, camaraderie with others who share either faith or spirituality um, also can, you can learn from others how they've coped with their anger. And, um, you know, in my books, my, My Sweet Life, Successful Women with Diabetes, and My Sweet Life, Successful Men with Diabetes, every chapter from all the authors includes this idea that diabetes is a blessing in disguise. And, um, and, and each of us, including myself, have uh you know had to look at what uh we're dealing with and basically decide for ourselves is this uh you know is this is has this challenge been presented in our lives for us to learn a lesson from and not a lesson in a bad way it can be a lesson in a good way and um you know, I that's how I choose to look at my diabetes and I I was not angry at my diabetes when I was diagnosed and I'm gonna say instead I feel very blessed that I have diabetes, which is hard for somebody who is angry, but eventually maybe they can get to a point where they can Look at it as a blessing. If I had not become diabetic, I don't know that I would have become such a, um, you know, a diabetes-focused psychologist. Uh, my career is all about, um, you know, uh, diabetes awareness, diabetes education, and uh, had an end. I took, obviously, I've been taking good care of myself for 40 years. I don't know if I would have done that had I not become diabetic. Um, I see it as a blessing. And, uh, you know, spirituality helps knowing that uh, everything happens for a reason. And uh, I believe that um, that I was, I was presented with this challenge for a reason. And um, I took the challenge, and I've, I've lived successfully. Well, Dr. Bev, you're in for a wonderful surprise because coming up, we're going to meet a member from the Divabetic Facebook community. She recently posted, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things that you once thought you couldn't. But before we meet our special guest diva tonight, I want to tell you that the next song I'm going to play from Carrie Underwood is something that she told on Entertainment Weekly. The bridge, the note on the bridge of this song is the highest note she's ever hit. So let's listen to our diva inspiration, Carrie Underwood. Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedek, and tonight we're talking about keeping your faith with diabetes. It's time to meet our real-life diva, Carrie from New York. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Meg. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on it. Thank you for having me. Now, I've been following you on Facebook, and you just heard, I just quoted one of your Facebook posts that you recently put up about, um, overcome, you know, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Why did this resonate with you, and why were you willing to post it? Well, I believe that um, um, we have, we, we live with fear, and, you know, for my spirituality, we're not supposed to live with fear. 
we're supposed to believe that we can do all things through Christ. So I've learned in my spiritual walk having, um, I, I grew up believing in God, but it wasn't until my adult years that I believed. So when I have a conversation with, you know, um, people and I say, are you a believer or are you a believer? Because we grow up knowing that there's a God or hearing that there's a God and you believe it. But as you get older and certain experiences that you have in your life that you say that he does exist, he he has been taking care of you, like that's how I feel. So I um, I feel that, um, you know, I, I'm not currently living um, with diabetes. I am at risk. You know, my, my grandmother on both sides had diabetes, and my younger sister is living with it now. And, um, you know, I'm living with another illness that um, that actually would drew me closer to um, having a relationship with the Lord. Was okay, so let's talk I, about that. Since you did mention that you have a family history of diabetes, both of your grandmothers are um, were living with diabetes, and you have a, a, a younger sister who has diabetes. But you yourself, in 2005, had a, yes. dealt with a health risk. I mean, had a, a health issue. So tell us a little bit about your rheumatoid arthritis and I and what it was like for you for two and a half years. Well, for two and a half years, um, oh, what it started where I was just getting, I was having pain in my hands, and you know, and I ignored it. I, I was thinking maybe it's carpal tunnel, and then you know, I started having. Then it went to my elbows and then my shoulders and my legs and eventually obviously I had to go and um, seek a doctor and you know I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis now actually right now they're saying I have a mixture of rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and that again is in my family history on my father's side so I was I it became so painful to walk I couldn't do anything I couldn't put my hand in um, ball my hand in a fist, I could barely, I couldn't even raise my hands over my head. It was very painful, and I was out of work. They wanted to pull me out of work for three months, and it turned into two years. Um, actually, two and a quarter years I was out, and um, I was depressed. I was, it was, it was horrible. I, I said, Lord, I can't live like this. Like, I just couldn't deal with the pain, and um you know, I had girlfriends who who were um, spiritual, and they would come. They wouldn't like they wouldn't cram anything down my throat, but they would say to me, "Carrie, you know, why don't you come to service with us? Why don't you come? Why don't you come to church with us? You know." And then they would come get me, and and I would um, go to church. And very emotional for me. I every time I went, it was I was crying and just you know extremely emotional about it. And um, until I started going on a regular basis, and then I began to have a relationship with the Lord, and it helped because it's almost like a purging. You know, you know, there's nights of you crying, and when you're praying, it seems like there's a release, and this release, although your 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 problem hasn't changed, but you feel so good, you just feel great, like you just poured out your heart, and um, and I began my that's when I began my my walk, and um, it's been since since I've been out of work, it's been around ten years now, and um, I feel as though I'm not sick anymore. Yes, I am still taking my medication, but otherwise, my joints. Everyone looks at me and says they can't believe how I am, and I just recently had my um, doctor's appointment with my rheumatologist. And he cannot understand how I have not had a relapse in 10 years. And I said, all you need to understand is the God I serve because he was the one who healed my body. So when you see my inspirations on from my heart and I'm spreading the word to let you know the goodness of the Lord and how he was good to me, and I just want to share that and share his word. I love it. So in your darkest days with the rheumatoid arthritis, really faith played a huge role in just helping you kind of 
first get through the moment to moment, but then kind of just helping lead you out of it, right? Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I am thankful, and I thank him every day. It's just, it's almost as though when you feel like you're up against the wall and there's nobody you can turn to, there's nobody who can help you. Just to me, you know, just my time with the Lord and, 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 and praying and asking him to give me strength. That's what helped me and I and I use that with everything and I've changed I've changed so much with my life and not being fearful of so many things that we we hide from and that we're afraid of and and I have this inner peace now that I've never ever experienced in my entire life. Okay, and you are posting on Facebook, and I have been reading you, Carrie, so I have a couple questions. I'm going to read you some of your posts, and I want you to give us some insight into why you chose to post this and what you're hoping the Facebook community takes away from it. And by the way, I just applaud you, and I'm, I'm so happy to hear how well you're doing. Okay, so you wrote on Facebook, what are you thinking? Are you wanting all great things in your life but thinking about all the bad things? Are you speaking positive but thinking negative? Negative. Sometimes we do things and we don't realize it. Don't be a prisoner. Okay. So what's that about? I know you didn't expect me to do this tonight, but I I have to research my guests. So what was going on when you wrote this? Okay. Um, um, When we have, um, okay, sometimes we take something small and we seem to, it, it Okay, it, it starts off small, and then it starts to grow late. So it's almost like that snowball that starts off small, and as you're rolling it, it becomes this big, massive um, ball of snow. It's, you know, when we have these negative thoughts, these negative thoughts, they grow. And what they do is they internally make you sick because now here you are being um Stress. You're stressing over these little things that you know how they say don't make an ant, uh, uh, ant of a molehill. That's it's it's similar to that where it's something small and because you're overthinking it, you're thinking negative. Then to me, negative things are going to come to you. That you have to speak the positive things that you want in your life. Don't speak of the things that are going on now. Think of the things that are are going to happen. Like um, with me. I was thinking about to healing my body before I actually was healed. So I believe in putting those positive vibes and then seeing the positive things come to you. I see so many people that that speak negatively and they're miserable and they stay in that place. So if they just change their their way of thinking, that you will actually change the outcome of what's going on in your life. All right, I love it. Okay, here's another one. You wrote this on Facebook. My late grandmother, Carrie, yes, I, I was her namesake, All she always would say she had no fear of dying. I never understood why she said that. Of course, when you're younger, who wants to think about dying? Now I'm an adult Christian years, and I understand completely. I'm not going to go on with that. Tell us what you understand completely. Okay. Um, I've always been, I'm going to be 50 years old um, on May 7th. And as I've been approaching these years, I I start thinking about mortality. I used to think about mortality and, and get upset, you know, not upset, but a little afraid. Like nobody wants to die. You wonder what's going to happen. And, you know, and that's how I've, I've been throughout my younger adult years, I would say. And, um, now I understand that it's a piece that when we die that that our bodies are being rested, but we're actually going to be living the life. Like we think this is the life here, but I believe that the afterlife is, that's the beautiful part. That's when you're, there are no painful days. There are, there is no hurt. It's just sweet bliss. And that's how I see it, and, and, and being able to see your maker. You know, you have your conversations and your prayer time, but this you actually get to meet your maker. So I understand why my late grandmother, who was a Christian, why she wasn't afraid. She just, and when she would speak, you, 
know, we would all say, stop talking like that. But I understand now that it's a peace, it's a beauty. So it's not where we all are living on this earth, we're sad when we, when our loved ones pass on. But it, they're the ones that are going to be in the better position, if you will. Yeah, well done. Well said. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, We're going to switch the spin it differently because I love to play games, Carrie, and you're on with our diva inspiration, Carrie Underwood, tonight. So we're going to listen to one more Carrie Underwood song about this one's about trashing guys and not wanting them and and warning girls about them. And then we're going to play one of my games. So let's take a listen and get ready to play. Underwood, and we're listening to our greatest hits tonight, compliments of Sony Music. Make sure you visit Sony.com for your copy of Carrie Underwood's Greatest Hits. All right, we're back with our real-life diva, Carrie. Carrie, it's time for my favorite game, Diabetes Time Machine. Uh, You're going to try to put these three milestones in the correct chronological order, starting with what you think happened first. And you could choose on any of our angels tonight, Neva, Patricia, or Dr. Bev, for help in solving the puzzle. Here are the three things you're going to try to put in the correct order. Number one, the one-touch meter is introduced by LifeScan. Number two, the year that Carrie Underwood was born. And number three, the first insulin pen delivery system is introduced. Put them in order. Okay. First, first, I I think I'm going to say um, Carrie Underwood was born. Okay. Um, what do you think yeah. happened second? <laughs> because I, I'm I'm thinking these other two are pretty. Um, and then I would say the pen, and then the one touch. Is are, is that your final answer? Uh, yes. This has never happened in the history of this game. You are totally correct. <laughs> Neva, what tell us what what this is all about. What Carrie's on, she's got she knows. Nineteen eighty three, Carrie Underwood is born and twenty years later she raises she rises to fame as a winner of the fourth season of American Idol two in two thousand oh five. But Neva, in nineteen eighty six the insulin pen delivery system is introduced. What is that? Oh, an insulin pen is a wonderful device where the insulin is contained in a uh delivery device and you don't have to um, withdraw the insulin from a vial which traditionally we were used to a vial and a syringe but the insulin itself and the syringe is all in one holding chamber and as you, you, you attach a needle to that and it can be used until the insulin is totally um, used up inside of the pen, and it doesn't have to be refrigerated once open. It lasts about 28 days at room temperature. Okay, and Dr. Bev, tell me a little about the one-touch meter by LifeScan. Well, I uh, the, all the meters that I'm familiar with are... Uh, um, you are able to use a, uh, now it's more of a droplet of blood, 1987 uh, uh, when this was uh, first came out. Um, it was probably a lot more than just a droplet. And, uh, and the earlier meters took about uh, a minute, but uh, that was already quite an advance over um, having to do the the test strip in the uh, urine sample, and uh, and nowadays the meters are they're incredibly small uh, drops of blood which are required and incredibly fast in uh, how fast they can read it. Um, I think some are as fast as five seconds, 
and uh, they're very accurate, and uh, it's uh, it gives uh, good information to uh, to anybody where their blood sugar is at that moment. Great. All right. Well, Carrie, listen for playing our diabetes time machine trivia challenge tonight and helping us raise diabetes and awareness for diabetes in a fun new way. You're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic, uh, safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket filled with an assortment of delicious, low-fat cheeses, Dr. Greenfield's diabetes lotions and products, which are specifically designed for people with diabetes with sensitive and delicate skin, and a Spry Publishing Prize giveaway from the premier publisher of health books and media. They deliver valuable content on a wide range of medical subjects, including the fabulous book, The Complete Diabetes Organizer by the AADE Educator of the Year in 2015, Susan Weiner. How, how do you like those prizes? Wow, I love it. I bet you do. As much as I love Carrie Underwood's debut album, Some Hearts, it became the fastest-selling debut country album in Nielsen SoundScan history and the best-selling solo female debut album in country music history. Let's hear a song from Carrie Carrie Underwood's debut album. And it's time to welcome my final guest on March's Divey's Late Night Podcast. Please welcome Mama Rosemarie. Hi, Mama Rosemarie. Good evening, Max. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I always appreciate being here. Now, at the top of the show, I was talking a little bit about your mother, who was pretty religious, Roman Catholic. How has your um, faith and spirituality kind of affected you these last couple months when you've been dealing with a little bit of chronic pain? Well, um, I I needed uh, to ask the Lord for many, many favors this past month. And I've learned, though, when you ask for favors, um, you always have to thank him. So I've been thanking him for giving me the uh, stamina to go through this um, back pain that I have been experiencing these past few weeks. Um, And to believe in my doctors and I thank God for having um, these doctors to help me out and to have the medicine that's also helping me. One, somebody once said, you only pray when you ask for something, but I don't believe that. I, when that person mentioned that, I said, I always have to remember to pray to thank God, too, for what he has given me in the past. And, and uh, as I said, the stamina, and I've had such a wonderful life of no pain at all so um, I'm very grateful for that well we're grateful to have you on the show tonight so what well, thank is you. your tip oh my tip this month for the month of March is to drink more water according to the Mayo Clinic dehydration may aggravate the symptoms of some chronic conditions like headaches and back pain uh, although it may be tempting to load up on coffee or soda or juice when you're thirsty, their diuretic effect makes a poor choice for hydration. So water keeps you hydrated without those extra calories or the sodium or the caffeine that those drinks have. So I advise everybody to drink more water, stay healthy, and ciao for now. Great. Well, I want to thank all my guests for listening and for participating. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in tonight. Please subscribe to our Divabetic e-newsletter at divabetic.org and visit Divabetic's Facebook page to meet wonderful people like Carrie and watch my videos on Mr. Divabetic's YouTube channel. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. We're going to close the podcast with one more Carrie Underwood song. This one sold two million copies. And it's one of the best-selling country songs of all time. Enjoy. 
the slow dancing with a bleach blonde tramp And she's probably getting thirsty Right now, he's probably buying her some fruity little drink Cause she can't shoot whiskey Right now, he's probably up behind her with a blue stick Showing her how to shoot a combo And he don't know 